0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up, 1019 AM 1260,
1: The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first.
0: Lady blue just like lady blue. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Wake them up, get them up, get them a blanket, coats, other things. Uh, That morning sky is cold, uh, but fortunately dry. No precipitation this morning, but uh, record-setting cold temperatures this morning with another Arctic front moving through, drier air overnight. But uh, it is really, really cold, record-setting cold right now in Austin, Texas, and beyond, wherever you are. Uh, Saw this morning where the entire state of Texas is below freezing, and uh, with the wind chills approaching uh, zero degrees. or across the great state, so it is uh, statewide as we get this thing rolling. As we know, uh, if, if you know, in your house, uh, schools across central Texas uh, closed today or at least on a two-hour delay. We'll get you a rundown on that, and I'm sure in your home, though, you already know if your youngsters are going to school or if you work for the school district, you already know what your plan is for today. We've got you covered for the next five hours of Sports Conversation. Continuing to talk about the uh, collapse of the Cowboys. We saw the uh, finality of the collapse of the Eagles last night on Monday Night Football. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs are set. Now down to eight teams remaining. in a run to a Super Bowl. Uh, We will certainly talk about it. That means the... uh, 24 teams that are not playing any longer are still trying to figure some things out, including the Cowboys. Uh, we'll dive in there. Obviously, a busy weekend on the 40 Acres. Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns welcoming uh, early enrollees over the weekend to begin class this week. Also in, still in hot pursuit of some transfer portal targets. We'll talk plenty of Texas football into the offseason now. College and pro football. Coaching carousels in the NFL and college football as well. Uh, busy day in the NBA. Uh, college basketball on tap this week. we got a lot to do as we get you rolling on this five-hour morning bike morning conversation. It's Hook'Em Up with we, Ian Rod B. We appreciate you being there. Wherever you're finding us, could be on 1019 on the FM dial. Could be AM 1260. And, of course, always digitally we've got you covered. Just download, download that Horn app to your smartphone. Touch of a button. You've got us locked in uh, every day and all day here on Hook'Em Up and on the Horn. Appreciate you doing that. Also at hornfm.com. Here he is rolling through and braving the uh, frigid conditions this morning, rolling into the South austin Onion Creek compound. He is our shutdown corner, holding down his side of the, uh, shutting down his side of the field five hours a day, five days a week. Out of the uh, seven one three down there in uh, Houston, Texas, out of DB High, also out of DBU, right here in the five one two. He also spent four years in the NFL. Now, sixteen years doing great radio and media here in Central Texas into 2024. He is our man, Blackstradamus, the football theorist, proud papa of baby Monroe. How cold is it, Rod Babers? Good morning.
1: Ooh, I'm uh, doing good. I appreciate the intro and the hospitality. Yeah, it's cold out there. I mean, it reminds me of Detroit a little bit. <laughs> reminds me of my time on the East Coast in Jersey. It's a different kind of cold. So usually in Texas, we don't see this kind of cold, but no precipitation, at least here in Austin. So no slippery yeah, I roads. I think that's across and, the way. Yeah, so the that's, I can deal with cold without the rain and the sleet and all that kind of stuff. As long as we got just cold, nah, just layer up. Just layer up. Good. Yeah, you can get through it, just layer up uh, And you'll be fine uh, Before we get started, as we do every morning And we're proud to do it, happy to do it It's the least that we could do We give a shout out to those who serve Our society built on the selflessness of service To all those out there who are doing uh, Really, it's a it's an honor but also a burden uh, So doing God's work out there So whether you're serving God, country, or community Just want you to know we appreciate you Each and every morning, can't say it enough Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses uh, Every different capacity We can't name you all, but we appreciate Appreciate each and every one of you. Shout out.
0: Absolutely. Uh, especially on these cold mornings, these cold oh, days. Yeah. Uh, won't rise uh, much mm. much above, uh, you know, the, not going to get very warm today. Let's <laughs> just say that. It's cold this morning. A lot of times in Austin, sometimes you get a cold freeze overnight and then it'll warm mm-hmm. up. That is not the case today. The frigid air, the uh, high temperature today. About 31, 33, maybe 34 degrees wow. uh, in some areas, but obviously the outer line areas will remain below freezing. Uh, it's a hard freeze all day and into tomorrow. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, the uh, the schools on, and you know aren't, you know schools and colleges, universities, Rod are aren't closed down or having delays because mm-hmm. of uh, any ice or any issues. It's cold. It's uh, cold. It's just the uh, frigid cold. <laughs> I saw Hey CISD south of us here in uh, Onion Creek said uh, you know they got you know fourteen hundred kids ride the bus. They don't want them out standing waiting for the bus to arrive mm-hmm. kids and uh, kids getting sick. Kids getting sick. Too cold. Whatever. Bus drivers. I don't know. Uh, I know uh, some people don't know how to appropriately dress their kids when it's this cold. So Yeah, like kid
1: ain't got enough layers on. cold. Like, hey, come on. It's too cold. Well, it's right. also know it's a big jacket.
0: Uh, my well, wife uh, works for the Dripping Springs School District, of course, administration there, and they've got three schools without water because uh, the oh, water pipes frozen. froze. Yeah, yeah. so they've got to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, can't be sending those kids back to school for that. So there are reasons for it, but it's going to be an extra day, kind of a, a non-snow snow day, Rod, we call them, <laughs> as we roll this kids thing Kids welcome excited, too. And the kids are excited. <laughs> but at this point, man, you had Christmas. The holiday, you barely went back, and now you're already – I'm sure there's some, some – MLK Day, too. Yeah, yeah MLK <laughs> Day yesterday. It's like these kids back to school, man. Hey, man. Hey, these kids back the kids. in there. But you want to do it safely, but at the same time, you got to make them up. You got to do those days at some point. Yeah, you do. You got to make them up. You got to make true. them up. You got to make those happen. Uh, so, you just yeah. do it
1: when it's warmer, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the let's, let's do it when it's warmer. They're yeah, about we'll that.
0: Fire up the heaters, get the fireplace going, the yeah. extra wood, all the things we told you last you drip week.
1: Treat the faucets, all that. Kind Hopefully, of stuff, you're man. doing all that. Yeah, because uh, if you didn't, it's probably it might be too late. But, yeah. yeah.
0: So far, the grid, be I guess, the ERCOT grid, looking good. And we're man, everybody can serve a little bit. I don't know. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to give Who an knows. applause to
1: that. Please keep oh. that grid going. Let's keep it going. Everybody keep. do their part now. <laughs> Please, <laughs> uh, we don't do that. We we need we don't need those issues. Yes. I usually think that the the, the precipitation, knowing and sleet and snow, that that it adds to the grid the failure right cuz it actually is hard on the, like, the mechanical parts
0: yeah like Well, the, yeah you know i, I mean, remember when the when the uh, grid froze Weighs
1: down the like, power line all, it just yeah it's, it's just when, from,
0: when the grid froze several years ago uh there was a lot of ice right and then we all yeah. had, we all dealt with the ice on the trees and Essentially, the ice like uh, you know stopped the wind turbines. They yeah. froze them up. They wouldn't couldn't because they, they didn't
1: weatherize
0: them. Didn't or weatherize them. Winterize them. All they didn't. Do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, we learned way too much about the grid yeah. <laughs> a couple of years yeah. ago. Everybody was doing way too much research about the well, grid. Then, now indeed. it worked. Uh, yeah, but I'm just say hey, we're thankful. All right. God bless. God willing, hopefully we don't have any issues. Nobody yeah. out there have to deal with
0: it. Yeah. Well, did it's they that fix tough. it? Becomes the question. We'll find out over the next uh, day or two. Uh, as it. Uh, let's just pray. Climb we're going to pray on praying. that. we pray on that. Oh, it's good yeah. to pray. Yeah. And pray for those out there dealing yes. with the, uh, the elements. Yes. All right, yes. let's crank this thing up. It is a five-hour sports conversation. and Of course, a lot of you were out yesterday not, uh, not going to work because of MLK Day. We'll certainly talk about the Cowboys and what we saw on uh, – on Sunday, we still can't believe our eyes of how bad it was for Dallas after a 12-5 and season and a division championship. The number two seed, they get hammered, not just beaten, but hammered by the Green Bay Packers. Outcoached, out game-planned, everything uh, to the seventh seed who advances. We'll talk about the, uh, the, out, the fallout in Dallas. Also, uh, start looking forward now to the divisional weekend. Longhorns are busy. Let's get to all the top stories we do each morning to get you caught up as you are up and out on this Tuesday. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories of this Tuesday morning. Starting in the NFL, two more games yesterday to wrap up Super Wild Card weekend Uh, in Buffalo. The surging Bills rolled past uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-17. Josh Allen was great, threw three touchdown passes, added a spectacular 52-yard touchdown run in a first-round game that was postponed today because of that lake effect blizzard that rolled in on Sunday, um, on Saturday and Sunday. Then last night in Tampa, uh, great weather conditions to... uh, finalized the complete collapse of the philadelphia eagles the buccaneers did the honors they rolled past the hapless birds 32 to 9 on monday night football baker mayfield threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns for the nfc south champs who advanced the eagles left to wonder what the heck happened eagles lost six of their last seven games following a 10 and one start their season is over now on to the divisional round 18 left Four games on tap this weekend, two Saturday, two Sunday in the AFC. The top four seeds have advanced, one, two, three, and four. Uh, This Saturday afternoon at 3.30, the four-seeded Texans will continue their uh, surprise season. They'll travel to Baltimore to face the top-seeded Ravens, who were off last week. Then the uh, Buffalo Bills will host the Chiefs in a good one on Sunday evening. That's the last game of divisional weekend in the NFC. The top-seeded San Francisco 49ers will uh, come off their bye week to host Green Bay, the Packers, on Saturday night. And then Sunday afternoon, Detroit will host Tampa Bay, Uh, in Motown. Also in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons confirmed yesterday that they have completed a formal interview with Bill Belichick for their vacant head coaching job. No deal is imminent, but there is mutual interest, according to Tom Pelissaro of NFL Network. It's Belichick's first head coaching interview since parting ways with the Patriots after 24 seasons and six Super Bowl titles. Also reports abound this week that uh, Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan head coach, uh, is interviewing with the L.A. Chargers in their vacant position. Very busy holiday weekend for the Texas football program. Uh, Of course, head coach Steve Sarkeesian agreed to that new four-year contract extension. Then he and his staff hit the recruiting trail back on campus. Meanwhile, 18 of the Longhorns' 23-player recruiting class for 2024 arrived ahead of uh, classes starting this week, as did the program's four transfer portal additions former Alabama wide receiver Isaiah Bond, former Houston wide receiver Matthew Golden, former UTSA edge rusher Trey Moran, the former Clemson defensive back and LBJ Jaguar Andrew McCuba are all on campus. Longhorns um, are not done looking to add to their roster through the transfer portal by the way. Staff is still in hot pursuit of several players including Washington cornerback Jabbar, Jabbar Muhammad, Oregon State wide receiver Silas Bolden, Alabama uh, linebacker Kendrick Blackshire and the most recent prospect at the Longhorns radar Stanford tight end Ben Urasek who visited Georgia this past weekend according to DSPN and has a visit scheduled to Texas this weekend. We'll keep an eye on that tight end, of course, a position of need for the Longhorns. Busy MLK Day in the NBA yesterday and last night is a one-for-three day for the Texas Trio. Only the Mavericks were able to post a win. They topped New Orleans 125-120 behind 42 from Kyrie Irving. Rockets and Spurs both lost on MLK Day. Horror headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight.
1: Baker Mayfield, uh, man, I did not. I knew he was playing well this season, but he played his best football of the season uh, in the playoffs. And yeah, the Eagles. Uh, they, I mean, they just quit. Yeah, it looks like the Eagles did quit. I, that's why I think Nick Sirianni. My he's in danger of losing his job even though he's two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance as a head coach because you get, you get fired for multiple things, but the two, the two things coaches get fired for the most are losing games and or losing the locker room, and it feels like he's lost the locker room. Yeah, that, well, you say was two was a season-low nine points in that game. They're getting worse. They got worse. As the year at, went on, I mean, right. they,
0: they, I mean, they lost to the Giants haplessly. I mean, they gave, they quit. I mean, you just said they the word. It's finished already, one and six. It's not taking anything right? away from uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they they lost six of their last seven. Wow. Uh, in I don't ugly know how fashion. How to explain that?
1: Considering the talent, the, the they, talent wasn't a drop off. There was no right. The, the, they didn't lose that much talent wise. Well, they I mean, lost their two coordinators. That I think it really showed over how, time.
0: Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they were the last of the undefeated teams in the league. They were ten and one. Um, you know, they had beaten a lot of good teams and they were considered the favorites uh, as we headed come out of Thanksgiving. Now, this is what team was an absolute favorite to uh, to get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, it was less than a year ago. They were playing in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and it was a hell of a Super Bowl. Uh, really Jalen Hurts went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. One of the more exciting finishes and games we've seen in a while in that game. And uh, yeah, complete collapse. And, and, you know, I don't know if uh, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, um, you know, the Eagles have a lot of the same questions the Cowboys do because, you know, the Cowboys collapse was a sudden one. You know, it was the you know, you, you, there was a lot of anticipation. Last night was almost just the culmination of what we have seen for the Eagles over the last six weeks, seven weeks of the football season. Cowboys kind of came out of nowhere. That you know, but but both organizations are looking at this thing and where do we go from here? I mean, I mean, how do we? I mean, Cowboys. We know they have cap issues. They were terrible, and, and, and as you talked about a lot yesterday, maybe overlooking the Green Bay Packers, if that's possible in the playoffs. Not, the it guess. didn't seem like they were locked in and ready to play. Eagles last night, you know, it's one thing to get beat, and Baker Mayfield Take nothing away from what he has done. Yeah, I think he's my pick for comeback player of the year, has been from, from several months. I mean, this guy was on the. this guy was a third-string quarterback last year at one point, uh, but he was tremendous last night. But, man, when you just throw a little basic out route, and Jonathan Bradbury misses a, a, a tackle, doesn't even try to tackle the, the receiver. Yeah, no, and then no he runs Eagles through your players. secondary, <laughs> you and could, no one tackles him. Could get him either. It like, and it's funny because, it's like, Who's that guy? you know, as they were doing the Monday Night Football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman over on the other one, it was the Peyton Manning brothers doing their thing, and they had Ray Lewis on when that play happened, and Ray Lewis was about to lose his mind. He's like, what? He's like,
1: what? What are you doing? Yeah, you had him surrounded. You had like it was like five, six eagles around this dude, and nobody could get him to the ground. Yeah, Wait, they had him looking like Randy Moss out there. Who's this dude?
0: Well, and then you're watching the <laughs> Eagles' offense, and yes, AJ Brown didn't play, uh, but still, I mean. I mean, you talk all the time, Rod, in your your rants and you know about you know bunch formations and and the 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 cheat codes on offense. They do none of that in Philadelphia. It's the most remedial, mm-hmm. easy to to figure out offense. I mean, I, I don't know what has happened. I mean, could it all be Shane Steichen, Rod? I mean, they, you know, it, it's the RPO based, but there's no nothing they do that's hard to defend. It doesn't feel like right now they're
1: running basically the same offense they ran last year, and it was it was it was pretty yeah, I mean, it was pretty standard, but they were just more dominant and. The NFL is a film driven league. The NFL, you have to. Figure you out. Yeah, you have to adapt your schemes. You have to evolve them. If not, these teams, they sit in rooms, especially a team that went to the Super Bowl. Right. right? And they study you. They have analysts and data scientists that are studying your trends and your tendencies. What makes you so uniquely uh, gifted as a team? And then they figure out. (laughs) countermeasures <laughs> and ways to counter that. And it seems like the Eagles, You and usually your coordinators, right, your coordinators, they, that's, the, that's when the chess match within the game starts, which I also reference all the time. And then your coordinators help you win that chess match in the game. They make the necessary adjustments. You cannot take away every weapon the Eagles have, but it seems like now you can. Right, they and they they lead the NFL in shotgun percentage. They're second in empty formations. Uh, they're the lowest. Per- this is this is I think one of their biggest issues: lowest percentage of snaps with shifts in motions pre-snap. Yeah. By the way, that was the case last year, though. That was the yeah. same thing last year. Like I said, it it is basically the same numbers as last year. I just think the biggest issue is they lost Shane Steichen. They lost Jonathan Gannon. Those were their chess masters. It is a pretty basic offense. You know when they're gonna run the damn. That's an push, RPO uh, thing, yeah. An RPO. You know exactly. Everybody knows what they're going to run, and if it all breaks down, then Jalen Hurts is going to uh, run. But right now, Jalen Hurts is a little bit banged up, That's so he's it. not as effective. And I think also the league has caught up to them, and yet we have not seen them evolve that scheme at all. And here's another issue that they've had since last season, maybe even before. Uh, but they were they were better adapt. I think they were better uh, equipped to adapt to it. They can't handle the blitz, and they have no fail safes within their offense to deal with the blitz. They went up against Todd Bowles' defense, and everybody knows Todd Bowles is blitz-happy. Yeah, absolutely. has He's been, been blitz-happy. Yeah, right. just down with the Jets. He was blitz-happy. And then you go up against a team that doesn't have a lot of built-in solutions, a lot of built-in options uh, for their quarterback with the blitz. I'm talking about basic stuff like hot routes, like basic hot routes, basic quick game built-in. And yet, because of that, Todd Bowles' is blitzes, they were extremely effective, so that's on Sirianni. I mean, like I said, that's simple self-scouting to understand. Okay, well, listen, he likes to blitz. We're bad at defending the. Uh, we're bad against the blitz. So you know what? Let's let's build in fail safes within the offense uh, that can really safeguard against our quarterback being erratic and discombobulated when they come at us with different blitz and uh, blitzes and pressure packages. And they did not. It, it's I don't know. So I don't know what. That's why. Yeah, Nick
0: Sirianni may lose his job. He might. Well, because yeah. you've never seen a play, the players, the coaches. It seems like they quit, Rod. I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, run the ball, do something, try something different. Yeah. Um. You know. You know, Todd ball's going to blitz. You know, they're a fast defense. I mean, they did. They had no countermeasures. Nothing. It's almost like they were a team and an organization and a staff ready to be done, uh, ready to be done with the season. And you know, that's the 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 counter, you know point of the Cowboys, the other side of the Cowboys, Cowboys. Felt like they were ready to make a run. They did. And it all came to that sudden end. And that can happen in the playoffs, but it certainly is no less surprising. The Cowboys, I mean, the Eagles has just been this slow drip of. Yes, yeah, a slow decay. It's slow decay to rot, rot, rot from within. <laughs> and it's it? like, let's get us out of here. Yeah. And you've been in locker rooms you know, for a long time, Rod. I mean, it's, it's not a good place to be when it's that toxic, when it goes bad. Because um, they, they know they, when it's good.
1: They literally just had it. Yeah, they just All had it. All those same guys were just the same locker room when yeah. it was really good. they like, and can, this is
0: really good. It can turn quick. And it whatever the reasons, quick? I'm assuming with the media coverage and the interest in Philadelphia coming off a of Super Bowl, there'll wow. be a lot of stories written about, you know, what really went down and does Nick Sirianni get dumped and fired. And we'll see. Bill Belichick's available. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a ready-made roster. Uh, of course, the uh, Falcons during the game yesterday or at some point yesterday put out a tweet uh, announcing to the world that they have just completed an interview with Bill Belichick, they wanted like to make it. that clear that they have uh, sat down with with the the goat in a lot of people's thoughts now that he's available. A lot of Cowboy fans want the Cowboys to talk to Bill Belichick. Uh, what do they do with Mike McCarthy? No word yesterday from uh, from the Star Complex or Dallas about what the Cowboys' plan is. But you know, look, that's the that's the the two best teams. We thought from, you know, we thought when the when the playoffs began, gosh, go back a couple of weeks; these were the two of the three best teams in the league. You know, in the NFC, two absolute Super Bowl favorites, Cowboys and Eagles, along with the 49ers, they're both out. They're both out in the wild card round. Uh, Cowboys season over, Packers advance, Eagles season over. Yeah. I think in that locker room they're saying, thankfully, in the get NFC, me out of here.
1: NFC least, because right now it ain't looking good. Those are your two representatives the So NFC now you're down center. to
0: four in each conference. you got the Niners. They'll host the upstart Packers. They'll be heavy favorites in that game. Uh, that's the, and the, Both uh, the Ravens and Niners, who didn't play last week, play the Saturday games. Ravens will host Houston, and we'll certainly preview that game. Those two steam teams opened the season in the regular season playing in Baltimore. Ravens won at 25-9, to but both teams very different today than they were then. But that'll be the uh, first game of Divisional Weekend. And as I always say, Rod, my favorite. NFL weekend of the year. This is my, this is my favorite weekend. It's great Bar weekend. none, I get two games both days. We I don't, we all do. Uh, but you feel you get, like
1: they're yours, right? You feel like but,
0: but, you know, the, the riff-raff is gone. There's no more Pittsburgh to deal with. No more, pretenders. No, the more pretenders. no more eagles are out. who wanted to be uh, done.
1: The Eagles were pretenders, and I hate to say it, the Cowboys seemed like they were pretenders. Well, too, look, I mean, in the, a, in the AFC
0: it's 1-2-3-4, four, top four seeds. In the NFC it's 1-2-7-4. Because seven beat the Cowboys. It should, you know, it's one, one and three. three, four. Yeah, because Cowboys were two. Seven. One, three, four, seven. Cowboys were two. One, three, four, seven. Only the Cowboys didn't hold up their end of wow. the bargain.
1: They're the only team to lose at home, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, seven of the top eight seeds advanced. Cowboys rolled over at home. at home. Rolled over at home to the youngest roster in the playoffs. Mm. A Quarterback making his debut. Mm. Um, in a rebuild year for the Packers. A, a transition year from Aaron Rodgers to the future. You know, and, and, and in your most important year, I mean, there's nobody, to, no, no, even Jerry Jones would tell you, this was a very important year. Very important <laughs> With year. the cap, cap, cap situation that's coming, the free agents that the Cowboys now have, the contracts that need to be, uh, to be done with C.D. Lamb and the Micah Parsons, the restructure of Dak, uh, it's a problem. Uh, and meanwhile, and the Packers is... are playing, Packers and Texans are playing with house money. Because they're way ahead of schedule. Way ahead of
1: schedule. Way ahead of schedule. People, some people thought Jordan Love was already going to be a bust when they put him out there, and they just worked through it, developed, and he seemed like all those raw traits that he was drafted on um, that, man, they seemed to all crystallize at the right moment. And, yeah, he's playing his best football of the season when it matters most for the Packers, and C.J. Stroud's been playing lights out. But he's also, C.J. Stroud's playing his best football of the season, too. I mean, he's playing the last three games or so. Go look at his stats. He's got six touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's completing over 74% of his passes uh, in the last three games. I mean, he is he's, – he's killing it. One, I think a 130 passer rating, something ridiculous like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, those two young quarterbacks, man, they're unbelievable. Yeah, he's got averaging nine and a half yards per attempt in the last three games.
0: And they'll be heavy underdogs in their games, obviously against the top seeds who are coming off a week off. and. Uh, but uh, you know that uh, what you know about Houston is they'll their their coaching staff will install a great game plan. Uh, CJ won't make a lot of mistakes. This is what you have come to expect. Only five interceptions, and same with uh, Matt Lafleur and the Packers. I mean uh, that that's. A lot of similarities in that coaching tree there, Rod. Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan. The McShanahan. The McShanahan. <laughs> yes. The
1: franchise of coaches, man, is out there. Well, because D'Amico's in there too. I mean, that's D'Amico actually counts. We talk about the offenses, but D'Amico. you know, I D'Amico's mean, in, that, in that coaching no, I mean, tree it's, as well. Uh,
0: the one thing you can say about Houston, and I'll say, well, I'll find, i will I got to find this quarter. I looked for it yesterday and couldn't, but I will. It was John Harbaugh, which is interesting to me, that after they played that week one game in Baltimore, uh, Baltimore won it 25-9, to 9, but the game was actually pretty close. I mean, it was a 17-9 to 9 game into the fourth quarter, and Houston could have mounted it a drive. But that was, it was when their offensive line in Houston was really banged oh, up yeah. coming out of training camp, and they had a couple of injuries in that game. And by the fourth quarter, they just really couldn't protect C.J. Stroud, uh, and it ended up 25-9. to 9. But it was a one-score game into the fourth quarter, and it was John Harbaugh who after the game said, hey, guys, I'll that's, a, that's a good
1: team. I think I just found it. I'll send a That's discussion. a good
0: football team. We'll talk about that. The, the, hey, that team's won a lot of games, is what what John Harbaugh said. Because the, the Ravens media was kind of like, man, why are you scuffling with this terrible Texans team? Why was it a one-score game into the fourth quarter? And uh, it was John Harbaugh who said, the, the, that team's going to win a lot of football games this year. And he was prophetic, and now they're – playing in the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, We'll also put this question on the table. We'll talk plenty of Texas football coming up behind the burnt orange curtain. The Longhorns adding uh, 22 new players over the weekend to begin classes this week, and they're not done, Rod. Longhorns are in hot pursuit of several other transfer portal prospects, which could really uh, fill some needs for the Longhorns. We'll talk about it. Let me ask you this, and we'll put it out there to our audience. I know there are a lot of issues in Dallas, right? A lot of conversations about the Cowboys. Uh, Mike McCarthy, future, uh, salary cap, Jerry Jones. How do we, you know, push this thing forward? But let's put this out there. I, mean, how, I know they have to extend Dak Prescott, Rod. Mm-hmm. But it's now three straight Januaries. Dak Prescott has been in the playoffs and been severely outplayed by, or at least outplayed. So, you know, yet, certainly Sunday was severe by J- Jordan Love. Yeah. But, but outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, and now Jordan Love. It's three straight Januarys where you're, you know, highly paid quarterback who is your franchise face in the biggest moment. Mm-hmm. Whatever – because I know it wasn't all Dak's fault on Sunday. I'm not saying that. No. The defense was shredded. Again, Dan Quinn kept playing, you know, six DBs against a run bait. I mean, like, just like he did against Buffalo, playing six defensive backs over and over again. You see that stat yesterday, Rod, 48 of the 54 plays against run, run looks – Against the Packers, they had six DBs on the field. They did
1: the same thing, though, against uh, the early Bills. in the season against the Bills. They were doing that against yeah. Miami. So that question
0: needs asked. Dan Quinn, do you not his, have linebackers?
1: That's what Dan Quinn – well, he doesn't,
0: actually. Yeah, they were banged up.
1: hurt.
0: Lane Vander has got hurt. Actually, no. He doesn't yeah, <laughs> does, well, does have well, linebackers. Well, then that goes to the general manager who didn't <laughs> – <laughs> of course, I mean, uh, yeah. like for that game, Malik Jefferson, the former Longhorn, was activated off this, yeah, the, the it, practice squad. That's probably the most banged up position but against, when you're if you're a Cowboys fan, why are the Packers just slamming this ball at us with Aaron Jones? Well, you've got a dime look going against two tight end sets. Well, And
1: their D tackles, other than Jonathan Hankins, they have not been very good against the run. So that's a
0: general manager issue. That's a talent issue on the defense side and Dan Quinn. Yep. But at the end of the day, Dak Prescott in three big moments in January, the last three years, has been outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love. I don't know what you do with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you remedy that. Can you expect it to be different next January? At this uh, point, that's three years in a row.
1: No. I Off mean, of 12-win seasons. And this was his best season. Yes. This was his, he was second-team All-Pro.
0: It was blamed on Kellen Moore. Then it was about the, you know, got to get, uh, you know, yeah. get Kellen out of here, get Mike McCarthy in, let's do the Tex-Coast offense. Mm-hmm. Didn't help it's because his yeah. performance in the first half, the, the interception by J.R. Alexander, the interception before the half. I mean, you fell down 27 to nothing in the game. And, Dak, your quarterback was a big part of it. Yep. Your quarterback's interceptions were a big part of it. Um, And it, the, the – Man, that is – I don't know what to even say about that. Uh, yeah, well,
1: if they if – if the Cowboys were, I think, a more responsible organization, had better organizational habits when it came to drafting quarterbacks and acquiring quarterbacks, and they've gotten better in the last couple of years with, the, with Mike McCarthy's leadership because I think he's a quarterback kind of driven guy so he understands it, um, they wouldn't be handcuffed to Dak Prescott. They would have options. They never gave themselves options. When they find a quarterback, and usually they force-gump themselves into it, it's a happy accident for them. <laughs> when they find one, they usually decide to hand over the entire franchise to them. And that's smart if you, once you get your franchise quarterback, but you should always be looking to the future. And you well, should always do that. And great organizations do. Um, hell, when the Patriots were in their run, that dynastic run, they drafted like 10 quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. While Tom Brady was a franchise quarterback. Go look at what the Packers have done. Go look at how they approach the quarterback position. Even the 49ers have been, I think, a little bit more enthusiastic about quarterbacks and drafting quarterbacks, even with experiments failing like Trey Lance. The Cowboys, they've drafted the fewest quarterbacks since 1999. That is a bad organizational habit that has come back to haunt them, and that happens over and over again with the Cowboys.
0: And you're kind of locked into Dak financially, but at this point, you know, you did make the move for Trey Lance. Yeah, I was going to say, there you go. It's good. I mean, mean, these are the kind of questions I think the Cowboys have to be asking themselves. I mean, we've got some nice building blocks, but – you know all the free agents, the salary cap. I mean, how often do you keep putting all the you know pushing things down the road and kicking your salary cap? Um, you know, re, mm-hmm. re you know re reworking contracts. It ain't working, y'all. <laughs> it's three years running. Uh, you've had your three best seasons in a row. Yeah. I mean, for I mean three to straight twelve win seasons, two division titles. You had everything in front of you this year with the you know this season with two home games potentially at home. Now it's the Lions they're going to play with two home games, <laughs> yeah. uh, for the first time in franchise history, and your quarterback's a part of it. It really is. It's not the only problem, but it's a big problem. Uh, you can't get outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love in consecutive years, in the and say you you feel good about moving forward with this quarterback. You can't yeah. tell me that. You yeah. can't. Yeah. No one can tell me that because uh, he was he came up small again, again after a great season. That tells you it's mental. It's. Whatever, whatever we want to, you know, whatever mm-hmm. adjective you want to put on it, that's a problem. Uh, we'll talk about it with you. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. Your thoughts on the Eagles collapse, the Cowboys demise, uh, <laughs> Texans rise, all the conversations of the NFL playoffs. How about Josh Allen yesterday? He was phenomenal. Uh, Mike Tomlin walked out of a press conference yesterday in Pittsburgh when asked Saw about that. his future. Man. There's a lot cooking in the National Football League, college football, and more. That's why we talk about it for five hours every day here on Hook em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook 'em up. 1019 AM1260, the Horn. Oh man, more questions and answers in Dallas with the Cowboys. Certainly more questions and answers in Philadelphia. What do the Eagles do? What do the Eagles do? Is That's it, it Is it Nick Sirianni? Is he just uh, too emotional? Not a good did it all collapse around him, and he had no answers? Those are going to be the questions they're asking in uh, in yeah. Philadelphia. You know, the opposite is true. Meanwhile, in Dallas, I mean it, you know, because Mike McCarthy did not do a press conference yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, normally on Mondays after games, he has one. But um, the he, last game of the season, yeah, there's no game. It's a game. You know, just like see Starkeesian at Texas. Mm-hmm. If there's not a game coming up, we don't we don't do it. We'll wait. Yeah. Uh, but the players were available, and they opened up the locker room. And really across the board you see cover you talk you 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 know read and see the folks who cover the Cowboys daily. Tony talked know, the, about yeah, you know, the players came to Mike McCarthy's defense. They didn't blame Mike, they blamed themselves, they blamed you know, they didn't but yeah. they were certainly behind their coach. Um, you know, you can pick that for real. But also, according to one oh five three the fan in Dallas Rod, uh Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones will not be appearing on their weekly radio conversations this week. Um, apparently wow. according to, uh, she, you know, one of the, one of the members of that radio cluster in the contract, when the season's over, their obligation is over because those are contractual as far as being the, uh, the flagship station on 105.3, the fan that you get a, you get a conversation each week okay. with Jerry and then Steven and then Mike yeah. as part of the deal, but the contract when the season's over, they don't have to do it, but in past years, they have still done it. Not this week. Not this week. Not this week with yep. Jerry Jones because the obvious questions are the obvious questions, and I don't think Jerry Jones has answers for him right now. I don't now. think he's ready to answer those questions. I don't think he had a plan in place for
1: the worst-case scenario losing in the wild-card round. I don't think that was, some, for him, a reality uh, until it was. <laughs> um, and then now he's got to deal with that harsh reality that all the, all the moves you made weren't good enough. Everything you did. It, matter of fact, you you regressed. You lost. You lost in the wild card. It's the division round. Your your problem was get past the divisional round, and now you lost in the wild card round. Yeah, I don't know what you do to recalibrate. Like that's got to be something done. And the easiest thing to do is just to say, hey, change the head coach. But then you have another. It, it, then there presents a, another multitude of issues. You have or problems you have to solve. Like Mike McCarthy's relationship now with Dak and him being the play caller. Of Dak. Dak had his best season ever. Um and not when they counted the most, but he has best season ever as a second team all pro. And that was because they went to the Texas coast offense with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. Who's going to take over calling the plays for Dak? Uh, Cause if Dak is not playing at a high level, then yeah, you're, you're going to implode like a, you know, your offense really has no, it has a very low ceiling. And I think that's why the Cowboys offense is one of the best in the NFL this year is because Dak was playing at a really high level. That was, partly because of his relationship and his chemistry with Mike McCarthy. So I don't know what you'd do about that. That would be my big concern. And who's going to take over the Dan Quinn defense? Are we going to? you know, call the Dan Quinn defense, you know, as Dan Quinn called it, we are going to use his same philosophy, or are we going totally away from the Dan Quinn model, which you have constructed this defense basically in Dan Quinn's kind of image. Like just we're the assuming way he Dan wanted Quinn's out, in, right? Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, exactly, in positionless football. So there's a lot of – and I guess a new new head coach would all that, especially if he's a defensive-minded guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why I say more questions than answers because I don't think even for Jerry Jones there's easy answers because there's no, you're capped out. This was, I don't want to say chips on the table, but they kind of went all in this year. I understand why. Uh, given Zach Martin his new, you know, new big contract before the season started, the trades for Stephon Gilmore, the trade for Brandon Cooks, the moves that were made uh, to, to fill holes and fill gaps and, and you know, really go after it. And, you know, once again, your organization, your quarterback, your coaching staff came up really small in the biggest moment. And, you know, to your point about Dan Quinn, he was one of the four or five coaches the Seahawks have requested to interview for their head coaching position. A lot of people think he is headed to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, even despite the miserable performance on Sunday, he is still seen as the leading candidate for the Seahawks uh, with Pete Carroll, you know, out, and, you know, pushed aside there in Seattle. So you're right. I mean, it is – you know, Jerry's a master, and we talked about it a lot yesterday. We'll yeah. talk more about uh, how for 25 years they've, you know, not achieved at a high level, yet they're still the most popular team in the – he, has, he, he He's able to sell hope, Rod. He sells hope, joke. but but I don't see much. What are you selling now? I mean, even guys like Ty, our producer. Ty's back there. He he sold his allegiance this year. So many folks. I mean, I don't know how you sell this. You can't sell Dak Prescott. Now you, now you can't sell Dak. If, if Dan Quinn leaves, you're not selling defense. Uh, they still have good players. I'm not, I'm not just throwing them all out. I'm just saying, how do they you got, sell they, this as a real contender?
1: They got the most all pros. I do the- I know. <laughs> I mean like I said that's uh, you can you can sell that, but I just don't think people believe that when you know when you're playing against elite teams and elite organizations, the best teams in the NFL, the best organization, elite the Cowboys aren't going to stack up because uh they the details that they miss out on things like we just talked about uh you know their lack of uh quarterback <laughs> acquisitions throughout the last couple of decades, um you know some of the roster holes that they just do, they don't address. Uh, we talked about the running back position. We talked about them missing out on different uh, value assets uh, when the market seems to be shifting, like the wide receiver position. A couple of years ago, they're just—I mean, exactly—they're cl- they're really close. They're right there.
0: Talent's um, not the issue. Organizational, Talon's,
1: yeah, it's, it, they're really they're really close. But I think you know, coaching. I think you know, when they when it comes up to. Coaching against other uh, great coaches in the league, I think Mike McCarthy is at a disadvantage when it comes to coaching against the league coaches. I mean Matt Lafleur and even Dan Quinn, he got out coached. I think Dan Quinn's a good coach too, but the Cowboys got out coached in that game.
0: Well, if he's got to run six DBs because they don't have linebackers, that's a problem. <laughs> that's uh, a problem? Six DBs against run sets, and they just gouge you over <laughs> and over again with a light. You got a light team on the field. They could go heavy. You don't adjust to it. It, it. I mean,
1: I don't know what you do though when you're on your four, third. Is your sixth defensive back better than your fourth line? Backer?
0: That's the question. I mean, that, these are questions. I don't. I don't have an answer for them. I mean, this it's is gotta uh, be
1: because you've done it all season long.
0: Been, the Bills did the same thing. Remember, Josh yeah. Allen beat you with nine nine completed passes because they just handed the ball off because you kept going dime Sub defense package, against yeah. uh, their heavy package. I think
1: that's what's going on is the injuries. But I, think I said, I, that's I don't probably. know how you solve that. And and I don't know if the Mozzie Smith pick worked out as quickly as they would have liked.
0: The Michigan first-rounder. Yeah. All right. Well, a lot of Cowboys questions. We'll take your thoughts on it. What is the direction? As I said, if Jerry Jones would come out and say, I am uh, firing myself as general manager and we're going to hire a, uh, a director and football option and general manager, I think that, that would go a long way for Cowboys fans. That's not going to happen. That's, no, that's, that's, that's uh, beyond wishful thinking. Can no, we, that's not going to happen. Can we go ahead and uh, get to a to more, uh, uh, you know, uh, Optimistic subject, and that would be Texas football. And they were all asking themselves the same questions: What is behind that curtain?
1: All right, let's. uh, It's a couple of headlines that I think uh, are worth uh, noting here behind the burnt orange curtain. Uh, The first one I saw is from Football Scoop. Uh, They've been doing a good job, and they are reporting. Uh, that Paul Christ is expected to remain at Texas as Ooh. one of the special assistants. It's, they said noted offensive mind former Wisconsin head coach has been pursued for multiple opportunities this off season. Um, for, for whatever reason, you know, I guess they're reporting that those opportunities haven't worked out. Um, and he said, Paul Christ uh, is expected um, to return to Texas, to remain in Texas as the one of the special assistants to the head coach. Actually, they didn't say that, but that's what he was last year. I'm assuming that's what role he'll be back in, but he could come back in some other uh, analyst role too. Maybe they don't give him the special assistant tag. But there you go. So that's good news that he's coming back. I'm a little surprised at that, by the way.
0: Me too. I, I thought, there would be, I did I thought see... he he's
1: one of the top talks for Iowa because Iowa needs – they need anybody else calling the place because I had one of the worst offenses in college football and yet they still end up winning double digit games. So shout out to Kirk Ferns. That's hard to do.
0: Hey look, he made a lot of money at Wisconsin and Austin can be a comfortable place to live. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a comfort level. Yeah. I don't know. I think
1: he was paid eleven million for his buyout.
0: Well, so yeah. Live I think he was
1: forced out of the you know, Wisconsin I really want to go day. back
0: to Iowa? No, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, so I, I mean, maybe, yeah, because money's there's, not there's, an issue. at a
0: comfort level maybe he uh, likes, for now.
1: Maybe figures there's something special happening in Bruin, and he wants to be here when it happens. Maybe he wants to coach Arch Manning. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But, yeah, so that's good, though. It's good for Texas. I mean, you're getting guys who are former head coaches down the staff. I mean, and guys were former play callers on the staff, so that's a really good thing. So he's. I mean, they had multiple special assistants last year. Uh, Payam Sadat was one, and he's now moved on.
0: Follow uh, Jeff Choate, right?
1: Yes, and we haven't heard anything about Joe D. Camillus. I'm not sure what the Joe D. Remember, he was with special teams last season, um, so I'm not sure about the update on Joe D. Camillus. I'll try to figure out, well, and do some research, and see if that's being reported to.
0: And as we said yesterday, if you weren't with us, it's trending hmm. that Dwayne Aquino will come back, and some role, but it that is, is not official yet, but, yeah, but it's, certainly trending that direction. A lot of reports <clears throat> that it's expected to happen that Dwayne Aquino will come back and, uh, especially with Jed Fish leaving Arizona to go to Washington to coach the Huskies, um, there's yeah. a lot of belief that Dwayne Aquino will be back in some capacity, maybe as an advisor slash analyst slash Special, Special assistant, assistant type thing. Whatever
1: it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping that happens too. I think it'd be great for Texas uh, if that is confirmed. But everybody's ex- It's as expected. Uh, like I said, I don't know if we've crossed the finish line with there just yet, but I do believe uh, all signs are pointing to uh, Akina's return to Texas. That'd be awesome. So, in addition to that, also, Jaron Thompson. I don't know if anybody uh, heard. Jaron Thompson uh, signed with – or at least he's committed now to Auburn. So, I believe now out of the – Thirteen Longhorns in the transfer portal now. Eleven of them have found a home, uh, which is a really good sign. Out of those eleven, if I'm not mistaken, I think four of them are at Power Five schools. I'll I'll make sure I check that to make sure that is the case. Uh, but yeah, I believe the latest is Jaron Thompson to Auburn, and he'd be the second because if I'm not mistaken, um, you also had Trill Carter. that went to Auburn too. So you know, Auburn's uh, getting some some former Longhorns. Yeah, you have eleven of the thirteen. Uh, who have gotten uh, at least committed to a school, and four of those are Power Five uh, commitments, which is really good. Obviously, you got to keep up with the attrition of your uh, of your departures in the transfer portal. I think it's healthy. When your guys are, first of all, getting scholarships elsewhere, but when they're, if they are going to drop down in a competition level, that it's just, you know, one level to the group of five. Um, if they have to drop down to like D2 or D3, um, may show you that your evaluations may have been a little bit off. <laughs> maybe they were over evaluated, maybe over recruited uh, to a certain extent. So I think that, and when you're adding guys, as we talked about yesterday via the transfer portal, who are considered, NFL prospects, top 100 prospects. Uh, that's when you're talking about true, true turnover. You're talking about to churning out the bottom of the roster, churning out the roster, upgrading the roster, adding more talent, and then the guys who are departing. You know those guys just couldn't find a way on the field. But it is good. It's a good sign um, when they are still coveted by other programs. Especially when they are not dropping down in a competition level when they're going to programs who are at the Power Five level like you are, and the Longhorns have four of those guys. Um, and Malik's in it, uh, Trill Carter, Jaron Thompson, I think it's another one, uh, and Isaiah York actually, because he's going to Nebraska. So those are your four Power Five departures. Yeah. Uh, but congrats to all those guys, and I believe the only ones who don't have a home yet will be Keaton Crawford, but I expect that to happen at any point and uh, Chris Ross.
0: Yeah, everyone else has committed.
1: Because Charles Wright went to commit to App State, App I believe. App State, yeah.
0: Malik Murphy to Duke. Casey Kane, UNLV, uh, Jalen Catlin also going to UNLV, Isaiah Nair, Nebraska. Yeah, Brandon
1: Marion's cleaning up. Yeah, he's, he's all those, uh, those yeah. relationships yeah. that he had here in Texas.
0: And you're right; those are guys that uh, I mean, Jaron Thompson was an honorable mention on you know all Big 12 player. This Texas
1: multi started for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Auburn happy to have him along with Trill Carter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's uh, you're seeing. it. I mean, the, you know the Longhorns have added four players through the portal. They've lost thirteen. Also yesterday, Jet Bush announced that he's going to go try to play in the National Football League. He he's played professionally. Jet Bush made that announcement. So, you know, you're, you're you're losing key guys, but at the same time you're replacing them uh, with with a freshman class that, again, is ranked in the top three in the country. And 18 of those 23 players are already on campus, Rod. Yeah. Already here. They rolled in over the weekend and they'll start class. They're excited, I, man. I, I think UT classes start today. I don't know if they pushed it back because of the cold, but they're supposed to start this week with class. But the Longhorns aren't done in the transfer portal, Rod.
1: No, they're still targeting. I know the wide receiver position, uh, guys like Silas Bolden, um, it's still a target for them, so they're not done wide receiver. Okay. And I imagine now with D tackle, with what's going on at D- with the D line. First off, D line coach. Yeah, Bo Davis <laughs> for LSU. Yeah, so still they got to figure that out sooner rather than later. But because of that, there are I think some of the D line commits because uh, DeAndre Robinson. Um, I believe wanted to open back up his commitment. I, yeah. really, I wanted to get out of his letter of intent.
0: The LOI. Uh, as, well, as a yeah. result
1: of you know, Bo Davis leaving. And, and by the way, Texas isn't obligated to do that because the NCAA rule, that only applies to head coaches. But the moral, ethical thing to do let him out. When you're a coach, yeah, when a coach takes the job
0: is to let them get a chance to reevaluate the situation. Uh, and we'll see. I, I assume they will. But, yeah, he's the Orlando, Florida four-star defensive yeah. tackle who he, there were supposed to be 19 high school players show up early, and mm-hmm. only 18 did. Deontre Robinson was the one that did not. <laughs> Apparently uh, not yeah. happy when Bo Davis uh, took off to his alma mater. Um, Which is
1: understandable, by the way. Sure he's not, is. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a smart decision by that young man. He, he probably is like, hey, I'm coming for Bo Davis, and Bo Davis is not there. I me mean, to reevaluate.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, you keep an eye on that. So, 18 new players plus four portal. And as you said, uh, in the portal there's still you know Silas Bolden out of Oregon State. Uh, Jabbar, Jabbar Muhammad, the Washington cornerback. Yes, they're looking at too. Who the Longhorns are absolutely looking at. And then uh, Pete Thamel of ESPN reported the name Stanford tight end Ben Yorsek, who visited Georgia this past weekend. He's supposed to visit Texas this weekend. Of course, JT Sanders is off the NFL. And Yorsik, uh, uh, according to, to Thamel, one of the most talented and productive tight ends in the portal, caught 108 passes, over 1,300 yards <laughs> in three seasons at Stanford. And I think he would come in as a graduate transfer. Yeah, Ben Yorsik is a name to watch, 6'4", 245 pounds. Yeah,
1: and also just watch Arizona, period. Uh, since you have your co-DC coming from Arizona, when a head coach leaves, Jed Fish left to take the Washington job that entire roster become essentially free agents for 30 days to enter the transfer portal with the connections you have to Arizona, especially if Coach Kena uh, does indeed uh, make the leap to come back to Texas. That's a lot of ties. They got a lot of really good players at Arizona. Went nine and three <laughs> won the Alamo Bowl. Got a lot year. of good players, and yeah, Texas could end up uh, being the beneficiary. We will
0: watch it. Uh, and of course, you got to go pretty quick. To your classes start this week yeah. uh, for anybody that's coming in here in the spring. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, good stuff from Rod behind the BOC coming back. We'll go with some what the facts, including. Um, you know we know the, the year has been historically good for C.J. Stroud. Just how good is it, and what are their chances against the Ravens? Also, some other facts of this busy uh, Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us, getting your work week underway for a lot of folks. Let's hit it. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook 'em up. One o one nine AM, twelve sixty. The Horn. Hogan, Rod Babers. It took him up with Ian, Rod B. It is uh, a Tuesday conversation. It's kind of a Monday for a lot of folks. As you heard from Don Miller, not a lot of folks out on the roadway. So, with the kids out of school and schools closed, a lot of folks uh, taking the day working from home, whatever you're doing. We appreciate you being with us, though, uh, to get your work week underway. Coming off MLK Day, we're talking NFL playoffs. The divisional round is set. And obviously, the teams that have not advanced are wondering what the heck they're doing. Uh, we'll talk more about the Cowboys and the more questions than answers conversation about what they're doing this offseason. Pretty quiet uh, from the Star Complex in Dallas yesterday. Uh, Philadelphia has big mm-hmm. questions now after their collapse was completed last night, with a um, humiliating loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who uh, kind of came all too easy for the Bucks last night. Uh, we'll talk more about that, thirty-two to nine, the final. It's hard to determine what was worse for the Eagles last night, Rod, the offense or the defense. They only scored nine mm-hmm. points, but the defense didn't seem like they wanted to tackle, <laughs> no. and uh, it was it was just not a playoff performance to say the least. But you could say the same for the Cowboys from what we saw on Saturday in their loss to the Packers. Baker Mayfield. Can I give you a stat
1: about Baker Mayfield? Baker, right? Baker.
0: Touchdown, Baker. Mayfield. Mayfield,
1: two career playoff wins, same numbers, Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. And Jalen Hurts, actually.
0: That's a fact in our What How the fact that? segment on this Tuesday morning. That's
1: it. Playoff wins are hard to come by. People, you know, they act like playoff wins are easy. Playoff wins are tough. Man, it's hard to come well, by, man. And
0: that's what we talked about yesterday with the organizational dysfunction of the Cowboys. Yeah. And it's not just this year. It's 30, 27 years. It's the last 27 seasons. The Cowboys have had six head coaches. They've got five playoff wins uh, in five. Oh, check that, Four. Four. Yeah, because the Texans have more. Texans Texans have five. five. Texans have five. Can I give you a stat on C.J. Stroud that is amazing? Mm -hmm. And it's hard to put the adjectives on this young guy. You and I have watched him all year with the Texans. The the NFL is starting to figure him out just how great this season he's had is. Do you realize this, Rod? When you start digging into his numbers. C.J. Stroud, we know he he joined uh, Tom Brady Mm -hmm. in his, you know – his best offensive year, Tom Brady's best offensive year, and Joe Montana is quarterbacks in the NFL in history. 1989 Joe Montana, Tom Brady 2007 to lead the NFL in passing yards per game on a per-game basis and interception to, to touchdown to, to interception ratio, right? Yeah. Uh, TD and interception. The so no, only three quarterbacks now have ever done that. But we realize that C.J. Stroud started 16 games now in his rookie year, Rod. Right? He missed two. Uh, of 17 regular season games, he missed two with the concussion. So he started 15 games. He's only thrown five interceptions in 16 starts. That's amazing. And, Rod, do you realize he threw three interceptions in one of those games Mm. that they won against the Arizona Cardinals? That's crazy. They won that game. They beat Arizona. His worst game was the Arizona Cardinal game. Uh, And it was the one time where we saw C.J. reckless with the ball. Well, think about that, Rod. So, of his five interceptions, three came in one game. He's had 13 starts as a rookie without an interception. 13. (laughs) Hmm. And then two others where he had one. And then the other two that he had one, they won. They beat the Bengals and they beat the Saints in the other games in which he's thrown interceptions. Wow.
1: Crazy. Yeah, that's unbelievable.
0: And you also combine that with the fact that his team has the 22nd best running game in the league, which is, you know, bottom of the league. Not the best. I Means Devin Singletary certainly brought a shot of, uh, of run game to them in the last two months. Also, according to Pro Football Focus, Houston led the NFL in drop passes that's more right. than the Chiefs, more than anybody else. Yeah, so you have a, a receiving core that's not the most reliable. And they've had offensive line issues all year long, Rod, mm-hmm. yet – only five interceptions and 13 starts in his rookie year without an interception.
1: Most uh, guys on IR too, so they've had a lot of different receivers out there. Lost a lot of receivers. That's hard not even
0: fathom that. Yeah. How, how, That's how good he is. Golly. I yeah. mean, it's you know, pinch yourself as a fan and just enjoy it as an observer of this young guy. I mean, he's just uh, – it's, it's historically good. It's historically good. Mm-hmm. I mean, to only, only have five interceptions in three in one game, 13 starts without a pick.
1: Speaking of Houston, yeah, those are remarkable numbers, by the way. <laughs> I am trying not to get too giddy about, about CJ Stroud because I don't want to throw it in Cowboys' fans' face because I know right now they're like, you gotta be effing, you gotta be effing kidding me. Dak Prescott that has his best year and he has a meltdown in the wild card route, and this kid CJ Stroud is quarterback and as a rookie quarterback in, the team, defensive <laughs> <league>. <laughs> quarterback in the And quarterback his team to division around this like what? Uh, Texans and the Bucks, uh, very uh, unlikely stories to advance in the playoffs. Both were 100-to-1 or higher odds to win the Super Bowl in the preseason and are now in the divisional round. It's the third time since 1978 when they started the wild-card format. You've had 200-to-1 or higher teams in the divisional round. Happened in 1987, happened in 2022. There you go. Mm -hmm. Jackson Giants last year, actually.
0: All right, uh, Jags. Yeah, I mean the, the the huge surprise. I mean, obviously the, uh, the Texans the, are the biggest Texans, surprise. I mean, the
1: Bucks are second. Texans, biggest.
0: Packers, and Bucks for sure. I mean, Texans are the biggest surprise without a doubt. It's not even close uh, because you know they were projected by many to be a two, three, four win team. And here they are playing the. And I would have agreed with them. I'm like
1: yeah, actually I would have been like no 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 four four or like, five. Like even as a Texas fan,
0: even if you like the picks and okay, I like the direction. They're kind of outside of the. They got out from under the, the salary cap jail they were in. And, Love the direction. But to go, you know, have 11 wins now going to the uh, to the divisional round, pretty incredible. Yes. All right, Mike Tomlin's team lost yesterday, and it's a fact that Mike Tomlin has one year left on his contract with the Steelers. They haven't renegotiated because normally a coach on a one year left deal is a lame duck coach. Yes. And yesterday, after losing to Buffalo in Buffalo, thirty-one seventeen, he was asked about his future and just walked off the stage. Walked off, like see. Ya. Didn't
1: even listen to the entire question. Nope. I think all the lady got out was, uh, to, "Mike, this is the final year of your contract." And by the time she got out, <laughs> done with that, he was gone. And it's like, okay, I'm mean, you're a little, you're a little sensitive now, Mike, about the the contract. I love Mike Tomlin. He's my coach in Tampa. I love me some Mike Tomlin. Um, there have looked. been
0: a lot of talks. He's ready to step away and decompress a little bit. This well, been a obviously he of- just <laughs> walked, walked, away. Away. walked away. Well, I mean, up until that, I mean, there have been a lot of conversations that maybe Tom was ready to. I mean,
1: that's gonna be a gift for like all time now. Like that, you just made yourself an all time gift. You See ya. I
0: mean?
1: He just walked away and didn't come back. That was it. That's the end of the best government.
0: Walked right out the door. Walked right
1: out the door.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like Bo Jackson up the tunnel back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I, I,
1: I think he's. I think he might. He, he wants a little break.
0: I think he needs out, yeah. need a little break. Mind
1: a little break. Yeah, Ain't nothing wrong with that.
0: All right. More on the games from yesterday, more on what's to come, more on the Longhorns. Wow. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about it with you. One hour down, four to go. Let's hook him up with Ian Rodby.